0: Welcome to the Men of Valor program. We are continuing our walkthrough of uh, Matthew chapter 5. It's amazing how many shows we've gotten out of this, and we're only up today to verse uh, 21, Randy. Uh, We spent a lot of time on the Beatitudes, and uh, we've been talking about salt and light. And then uh, last show we talked about the fulfillment of the law, not that God, uh, God through Jesus came to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. And so today we're going to get to some uh, clarifications, really, that Jesus is making about uh, uh, some of the commandments, actually. And today's uh, uh,
1: topic will be about murder. Mark, God blessed are uh, they who study the book of Matthew.
0: Yes. Well, you know, we've been uh, kind of really locked in a, uh, a long-term study, uh, largely, in my case, through the help of uh, one of the now-deceased uh, now deceased, uh British scholars, uh, Dr. William Barclay, and uh, he continues to be very helpful, particularly when it comes to uh, the uh, linguistics, uh, the translations, translations. of uh, right. a, a passage. So we're going to see that a little bit today when we get into this. Let me uh, read the passage, uh, Matthew 5, 21 and 22, that we're going to discuss today. Okay. Okay. Uh, You have heard, this is Jesus talking, of course, that you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to his brother, Raka, is answerable to the Sanhedrin, that's the governing body there of the Jewish people but anyone who says you fool will be in danger of the fire of hell. That needs some translation for me. That uh, sounds pretty serious too, doesn't it? It Uh, does. So, uh, well, you know, again, uh, if we put this in the context of what Jesus was talking about earlier, that uh, he's come to not only talk about the letter of the law, you know, don't commit murder, but he's also talking about the spirit of the law, and when we get into this, one of the Uh, Greek words, uh, there's two Greek words here used for anger, and uh, uh, he's talking about the spirit of kind of uh, murdering, uh, killing, in a way, someone's soul uh, through being angry with that person. You know, one of the things that uh, I find interesting about this is that uh, I'm doubting that our average uh, listener is all that impressed with the fact that I can... uh, Use the uh, the actual Greek words here, uh, but maybe I'm just suggesting that uh, today, uh, perhaps the average listener can just accept um, that there are two Greek words here that are being used by Jesus about uh, anger, uh, and uh, one of those Greek words, it's it's actually interesting. It uh, it's kind of the root word of the word thermos, you know, like a thermos bottle. Mm-hmm. It's thumos, but uh, it uh, it refers to the kind of hot anger that uh, bubbles up quickly within, yeah, uh, within, and then maybe goes away quickly. Uh, so, in other words, it, it's the that that kind of like the, I when I thought about it when I was reading this, uh, I th- I thought about road rage, you know, right? It's,
1: uh, How it comes upon you quickly, very quickly, and, and intensely, and intensely.
0: And uh, you may be tempted to honk uh, your horn or, you know, give some gesture. Hand signals. Hand signals. Uh, but then, you know, once you get away from that driver, it kind of dies away. The second Greek word uh, actually refers to uh, the kind of ongoing anger. I think one of the words we might use in English is uh, the word resentment. Uh, uh, some of us uh, are harboring anger and resentment that uh in many ways and and I use the word harboring. it's like in some ways we are maintaining it, we are refusing to let go of it because uh in some ways it uh allows us to think we have uh, power over another person by being that angry and resentful against them, but you know in some cases, you know that anger and resentment can last for years in fact
1: there's a lot of you know the more you say that, the more i it brings to mind the um the families where there is a scenario like that, that has existed over time, um, you know, a breaking in the relationship between siblings or whatever, where it's yeah. a, it's an anger that doesn't get resolved. It doesn't get addressed. So it doesn't right. get resolved.
0: Yeah. We had a fascinating conversation. Uh, we're actually uh, recording the show today on Tuesday. So instead of referring to the Tuesday night group, now I'm referring to the, uh, the Monday night group. Um, uh, And uh, we had an interesting conversation last night with several of the men about the fact that down deep inside of themselves, uh, they are very, very angry. Uh, They have, you know, certain situations in their life, like with a spouse or a friend, in one case with a brother, actually, that uh, it's kind of an immediate uh, anger, something that's happened uh, currently. Uh, But in both of the cases that I'm referring to, uh, the men are also angry. Uh, with things that happened long ago in their childhood uh, with either their mothers or their fathers or, you know, something of that nature. And uh, they have been um, harboring this um, anger for for years and years and years. And to some extent, when they've been harboring that it that long, they're not always aware that they have it. Mm-hmm. I was talking to one of our men uh, who uh, we knew was... Uh, very profoundly sexually abused by his mother uh, on a number of occasions uh, over a number of years when uh, he was growing up. One of the dynamics of, uh, of this that I think is is powerful is that you know one of the uh dynamics that we knew about with this man was that uh, he had he had a lot of that explosive thumos anger at his wife and two sons uh, we actually sent him down to uh A one-week treatment program that deals with uh, sexual trauma and uh, when he was down there uh, they had him do some what we call experiential work with his mother and in that uh, kind of exercise there were other group members that played the role uh, roles of his family including one who represented his mother and uh, he was able to have a conversation with his mother that I think he's been having in his head for years And then at some point, the uh, therapist down there, uh, this is one of the things they do, uh, got out a uh, kind of a foam pillow of some sort and some kind of a plastic bat. And uh, as he was talking to his mother, uh, just had him kind of raise the bat and kind of bring it down uh, gently, he said, on this foam pillow. He said, but the more he talked, uh, the more he got in touch with his anger and the uh, harder... Uh, he started. Beat
1: w- the living daylights out of uh, that yeah, foam out of, pillow. Out of that
0: foam, foam pillow. Uh, we don't do a lot of that kind of anger work in our small groups here because uh, we. we, uh, uh, In other words, that kind of demonstrative anger like that was because, you know, at the end of a group, I have to put these guys back out on the street and I don't <laughs> want to necessarily. Back to
1: that subject of road rage. Yeah, that road rage <laughs> kind of thing.
0: So we do, you know, some anger work like that where we have guys. Uh, you know, write letters and try to express you know old feelings toward parents or you know other people in their life. Uh, the point of uh, the the story of this one man is that what uh, what had happened is that his old old anger, which is one of these Greek words that he's been uh, holding inside for you know twenty or thirty years in his case, uh, was coming out uh, against his wife, and in couples counseling. Uh, the wife uh, has been saying to us, uh, there's times when I feel like he gets explosively angry at me and I'm not quite sure what I did to deserve you know, the extent of that reaction. So I think as we try to relate biblical passages like this to uh, our population of people that we work with, I mean, I think that's a great example that if you haven't uh, somehow dealt with, expressed and processed some of this old anger that's inside of you, it can uh, kind of bubble up uh, uh, in that hot type anger in the current situation.
1: It sounds like it can manifest itself uh, as uh, turning into a like a festering cancer right, w- w- within the individual. Yeah, I,
0: I certainly don't like the word cancer, but we're talking now about an emotional cancer that is uh, really eating away at your soul. It's really eating away at your spirit.
1: Well, th- that's what I was struck by. Your your description to me uh, translated to that, that uh, type of destructive emotion, especially if it has existed over time, festered over time, not gotten really any relief from it.
0: That's right. So uh, uh, suffice it to say that uh, those people who come here... Uh, one of the things we're going to be interested in is helping them with this anger piece and uh we 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 do in fact you know try to base this biblically because Jesus is telling us here that uh you know anger uh, against uh, a brother a friend a person uh is really a way of uh, committing a kind of murder of that other person's soul uh we're going to get more to that when we get to the insults part of this that Jesus talks about but uh uh uh, Jesus is very uh, direct about what the judgment will be um, by God, you know, and, and of course Jesus is teaching us that only God has the right to judge other people, uh, but we take that right of God's into our own hands, and some of this anger that we harbor or that comes up dramatically, I mean, it's a, it's a form of judgment on our part against other people, and Jesus says the, uh, the consequences for that are fairly severe here.
1: Well, let's take our break right now, Mark, and when we, when we come back, we'll talk more about that judgment. You're listening to Dr. Mark Laser, and this is the Men of Valor program. Do you struggle with the use of pornography? That's faithfulandtrue.com. Time now for the Trigger of the Week.
0: Trigger of the Week, Randy. Uh, we uh, had the opportunity yesterday to uh, be interviewed by one of the current uh, situations in the news. Uh, our local NBC affiliate, uh, came out and uh, talked to us about this situation with the former congressman, Anthony Weiner. And, uh, by the way, perhaps on the radio show you can post the uh, link to that
1: interview. I can. It, it's uh, it's available right now on the Faithful and True uh, website under Resources, Media, Interviews. But I'll also uh, put it, uh, we'll link it to this uh, podcast.
0: Yeah, so it was a very brief interview, and like so many interviews uh I had a fair amount to say by the time it got cut up to the uh 2 minute 15 second uh piece that was actually on the news uh I had a few brief things to say but you know what one of the the, the features of this is that uh uh men in power like uh uh Anthony Weiner I mean at one point he was projected to be uh, a presidential candidate he uh, was very influential in New York, very influential in Congress evidently was uh, uh, very charismatic and all of that kind of thing and unfortunately uh, for him suffered with a sexual addiction I believe uh, i 've you know never met him, never treated him never i don 't know any of the inside scoop except to say that you know what we do know in the public is that anybody who returns to a totally self destructive behavior several times uh, that would certainly be a symptom of uh, having an addiction. Uh, He's married to an absolutely beautiful woman who happens to be uh, one of Hillary Clinton's top aides, and this has created a kind of a national scandal again, when he was discovered again uh, sexting uh, to some love interest of his, Uh, and it got worse this time because uh, he was doing it while in bed, and his young toddler... Four-year-old was lying next to him. Lying next to him, uh, hopefully asleep. Uh, But uh, in the interview, one of the things that came out is that uh, uh, you know men in power, I think, are as addicted to the power and uh, the adrenaline that uh, power creates. Uh, I think a lot of men in power are adrenaline junkies, and you know, doing some of these dangerous, uh, sometimes illegal, certainly immoral activities also carry with it a lot of adrenaline. So anyway, the trigger of the week is power. I think. Um, uh, one of our listeners who actually heard the interview wrote in and said that uh, uh, you know perhaps the trigger that we got to be power. Anytime you have power, you're really vulnerable to the neurochemistry that power creates, and sometimes you can express that neurochemistry in terms of uh, your sexual acting out.
1: Well, I think it's a very current and very relevant trigger, and uh, we thank uh, we thank that friend of ours for the suggestion.
0: Yeah, so we can. Um, I think a segue from the trigger of the week back to our uh, Bible passage, Matthew 5, 21 and 22, uh, because uh, the second part of the passage today, Jesus is saying, you know, anyone who you know harbors anger in their heart so much as commits murder. And then the second part, verse 22, uh, talks about actual insults that can be directed at other people, judgments, uh, insults. And there are two words here that are used uh, for insult. Uh, the first one, uh, it, it's not even translated, and uh, it's "raka." Uh, you know, anyone who says about someone else "raka," uh, uh, you know, that person is going to be subject to judgment. Uh, and that's one of those uh, Hebrew-type words that is uh, untranslatable. Uh, in fact. Uh, uh, Dr. Barkley uh, basically says that uh, it's an almost untranslatable word because it describes a tone of voice more than anything else. So think about that. Uh,
1: it's not what you say, it's how you say how it. How you
0: say it. You know? Did any of us ever have uh, a mother who said, uh, don't take that tone with me? <laughs> <laughs> Young man. Yeah. uh, uh and this is what Doctor Doctor Barclay says that it's uh, uh, the tone of uh, the voice uh, indicates that uh, the person has contempt. And then he goes on to say, to call a man Raka was to call him a brainless idiot, uh, a silly fool, an empty-headed blunderer. By the way, now Doctor Barclay is a is a, a Scottish. Uh, uh, person uh, that really wrote in the 50s 60s and 70s so you know some of the words that he's using are a little bit on the older side too but uh, it's it's I you know I kind of focused when I was uh, reading the commentary on the uh, uh, the feeling of contempt that we have now uh, one of the ways that I want to relate this to our couples is to uh, talk about one of the great greatest researchers of our modern time in terms of couples dynamic uh is a man by the name of john gottman and uh maybe even some of our listeners are familiar with him he's been quite popular and he's been quite popular in recent years in christian counseling circles and there's lots of training that christian counselors are going to with dr gottman Um, he has studied uh couples and uh he has said that he can listen to a couple talk to each other and within five minutes' time uh, predict whether or not that couple is going to wind up divorced. And uh, in that, he describes that there are uh, what he says are the four horsemen. Uh, uh, So I'm going to tell you what what the four horsemen are, and one of them is this word, raka. Uh, The first one is blame. You know, couples that get into... Blaming each other. You know, they're not going to do well. Uh, The third one is defensiveness. Uh, Anybody uh, in a coupleship who gets into only defensiveness and rationalizing and all of that, you know, that's not an optimistic outcome. The fourth one is called stonewalling, where you just kind of say whatever and kind of give up on the conversation or maybe give up on the or a relationship, you basically just leave. So you know those three: blaming, uh, defensiveness, and uh, uh, stonewalling. You know are are not good predictors of the success of a marriage. But the second uh, one that he talks about, uh, he calls contempt. And there again, he explains that you know when couples are talking to each other, you can tell in the tone of their voice that they have actual contempt for their uh, partner. I, I think you could say, you know, what does contempt contain? Well, it contains a certain um, uh, anger and hatred and uh, I, I think also kind of a moral judgment. And uh, the reason, I by the way, I say that it's a, a segue from the Anthony Weiner situation is that the, the interviewer who was talking to us yesterday uh, was basically trying to make the point that Uh, if uh, Anthony Weiner had an alcohol problem, uh, we wouldn't have the same kind of moral judgment or contempt for him uh, that we do because he's been doing all of these sexual things. Anyway, that's the segue. Uh, I think more importantly for our couples, uh, Jesus is saying that uh, those people who uh, call somebody Raka, they are... are, uh, Going to be uh, subject to uh, god 's judgment uh, while you know what got them there is you know their judgment of somebody else, else somebody else so again remember that contempt is considering someone else to be a fool or stupid or you know whatever and uh, uh, those of us in uh, relationships that have ever gotten into that contemptuous talking back and forth uh, it's really uh, a hateful uh, judgment on the other person's character and their whole being. And uh, it's it's very deadly to our relationship.
1: Well, I'm sure that you and Deb have uh, experienced as your counseling couples that uh, one of the barometers of telling when things are really getting to that heated point uh, is when the conversation starts to take that kind of tone. Uh, I'm sure you've got high radar uh, is enacted when you're trying to um, get a reading on this couple and and how they're responding or trying to communicate with each other when it gets contemptuous like that.
0: Well, it does. And, uh, you know, obviously in a lot of sessions we have to try to interrupt people and reframe Do you call a timeout a little bit? Things. And, you know, it's it's interesting that uh, uh, one of the things we discovered, something we were talking about in the earlier part of the show, that sometimes this anger and contempt can be, trace back uh further than the current situation um well you know the the second thing that appears here in addition to Raqqa, is it's this word is now translated uh fool and uh the greek word is moros and uh it, it is the the greek word from which we get the english word moron and uh So uh, it is, in a way, calling a person a a fool. No
1: matter how (laughs) many times you're coming up with a translation, it's still not very complimentary.
0: Well, yeah, but it also shows how many Greek words are behind some of our English words, doesn't it? Right. Uh, So if I was thinking about... For some reason, the three stooges that I grew up with. And, Speaking of morons, yeah, Mo was always calling Curly a moron. <laughs> uh, but Jesus is talking about this that uh, uh, if you call somebody a moron, he he goes on to to kind of clarify that uh, because remember this passage is all about the commandment about murder, and uh, he goes on to say that when you're when you're calling a person raka, you're calling a person a moral fool. Uh, that's that's kind of what this word moros means—a moral fool. You've made you're a moral idiot. You've made bad moral choices. And when I think about that, obviously, you know, I think about our population here. Uh, that uh, that many times, uh, you know, in getting discovered, whether it's their spouse or other people, you know, there are people who feel that they are uh, morons. You know, that how could they have done this? Uh, in fact, uh, again, uh, the situation that we were talking about yesterday—you know—that that's kind of the general attitude out there about this this guy, Anthony Weiner. I mean, how could he be? What so, are you thinking? Yeah, what are you thinking? How could you be so stupid? And th- there's a there's a moral judgment there. Uh, now, you know, if we can put that one aside, what Jesus is saying is that uh, we're not talking here about killing a person physically. We're talking about killing a person emotionally, killing a person spiritually, and we're also talking about killing a person's uh, reputation. Uh, and we all know that even those people who have been falsely accused of something, you know, it's hard to get that reputation back. So uh, I think what Jesus is commanding us to do is to be very, very careful about the words we choose and the words we say and the words we use to describe other people. And, uh, uh, I think, uh, this is going to step on some toes, but, uh, I'm just challenging, um, all of our listeners, some of whom are listening as couples, uh, to remember, um, the tone of voice, the choice of words that you use with each other. And, uh, one of our principles here of Faithful and True is that we're always better off if we're assessing our own mistakes, our own, um, inventory, as we say, our own junk, as we sometimes say, uh, we're always better off. And the conversations with a spouse will always go better when we're not blaming, using contemptuous words, when we're not uh, stonewalling or doing those other things, when we are, in fact, always seeking ourselves personally to grow in our own uh, emotional, moral, and spiritual character.
1: These two short chapters, Mark, uh, from Matthew 5, uh, certainly were packed with much deeper meaning and, and murder, not of the physical nature per se, but of the spiritual, emotional, right. relational.
0: Right. Well, I just think, uh, uh, gosh, I mean, according to Jesus, we need to be really careful. And the bottom line is only God has the ability to
1: judge. Isn't that the bottom line?
0: That's maybe not a bad place to start. I think
1: from your lips to our (laughs) listeners, you have been listening to Dr. Mark Laser. I'm Randy Everett, your co-host, and we appreciate you joining us today on the Men of Valor program. May this coming week be a week that is filled with many blessings and great vision.